Welcome to the Covenant Women Podcast with Dr. Adonica Howard-Brown, your on-demand source for Holy Ghost-filled preaching and teaching. You bring blessing everywhere you go. You bring freedom. You bring liberty. Out of your inmost being will flow rivers of living water. Be refreshed, encouraged, and strengthened as you hear the Word today. Verse 14 through 16. When Gentiles who do not have the divine law do instinctively what the law requires, they are a law to themselves since they do not have the law. They show that the essential requirements of the law are written in their hearts and are operating there with which their consciences, their sense of right or, and wrong, also bear witness and their moral decisions the arguments of reason, their condemning or approving thoughts will accuse and perhaps defend and excuse them. On that day, when as my gospel proclaims, God by Jesus Christ will judge men in regard to the things which they conceal or their hidden thoughts. So you, your heart is the seat of your conscience, and even if you never heard the gospel preached, you still, your conscience will judge you. Your hidden thoughts, the things that are concealed, away from where no one can see but God. You know, the Bible talks about all of creation and how, how people rejected God, rejected the Creator to worship creation, but the Bible talks about creation as displaying the glory of God, and you, the creation is there, the universe is there to tell us there is a God. It's going, it's like a big sign going, wah, 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 somebody with intelligence made this place. Do you know that they've taken dirt and there has no life in it, like they de-lifed de it, they put no life in it, and they took dirt and they closed it in, a, in containers that, no one, that nothing could get in or out for years and years and years, and did you know nothing grew? Isn't that amazing? Nothing grew out of nothing. Did you, did you only now get it? <laughs> I mean, people talk about evolution. It's like, hit me again, I'm still conscious. I don't know. And, and it's like they teach, they teach it, it's a theory, and they teach it like it's the gospel truth, and people just believe all that stuff. Everything, I mean, everything was created. Dinosaurs were created, and they were destroyed. All these things lived. I mean, you tell me how a dinosaur bones and fish bones got to the top of mountains. How about a flood? Wouldn't that have got stuff up on, on the mountains? Let's not go into that. <laughs> that is another sermon. Okay, 1 John chapter 3, 20 through 21. 1 John 3, 20 to 21. Whenever our hearts in tormenting self-accusation make us feel guilty and condemn us, for we are in God's hands, for He is above and greater than our consciences, our hearts, and He knows, perceives, and understands everything. Nothing is hidden from Him. And beloved, if our consciences, our hearts do not accuse us, if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, we have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness before God. Now let me tell you the difference. I mean, you might have thoughts that come at you, but it's what, you, what your heart says that matters. Do you know that you can have doubt in your head and faith in your heart? 
You can have faith here and have, and have your mind going crazy. Now, where you're going to mess up is if you focus on what's going on in your mind and you let it come out of your mouth, at that point it becomes unbelief. But if you keep your mouth shut and all you speak out of your mouth is God's word, God's word, God's word, devil, you liar, God's word says this. You see, because your faith, what faith is, faith is like an arm that reaches out into the realm of the spirit, grabs a hold of what God has. See, everything God created on this earth, he made out of stuff, something that, that exists in the spirit realm. Everything in the natural realm was created by the spirit realm. In fact, there's several words for creation. And when God created the, the earth and the universe, he made it out of something that never existed before. When he created man, he created him, it's a different word. He created him out of something that existed. God formed man from the dust of the earth. But when he made the earth and the universe, he made it out of something that never existed before. And so whatever you need from God is there in the realm of faith. And your faith, in the realm of God, and your faith reaches out, grabs a hold, and pulls it to you here where it's manifested. But you've got to keep your faith working. Because if you give up, that thing is going to stop where it is. But if you keep your faith working and you keep your eye on Jesus, no matter what, might get to the last minute. I'm sure if you have some last minute Many of you have some last-minute testimonies here of how you hung on to God's Word in spite of everything, and God came through for you. So everything, so your head can, can have doubt. Your head can have, uh, you know, be giving you a hard time. But go with the peace in your heart. Go with the peace in your heart. Now, there, there's some things... I mean, this doesn't even have to do necessarily with conscience, but there are some things that, that, you know, I've started praying about, and it's like I didn't have a peace in my heart about it. So I had to stop, go back to the Holy Spirit, go back to the Word and say, God, what's, what's going on here? But there were other things that I prayed about that I had a total peace about. And in my head, with my eyes, no way, Jose. There was no way. But in my heart, I had a peace. So I go with the peace. I've learned, go with the peace. Same with your conscience. Go with the peace in your heart. If your heart doesn't con condemn you, You've got peace with God. Your head might be accusing you. Your head, the devil likes to bring tormenting thoughts. See, this is the thing you have to understand. God speaks to your heart. The devil puts thoughts in your head. Say that. Say, God speaks to my heart. The devil tries to talk to my head. Listen. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved, how long you've been born again. There are times where, I mean, I, with Pastor Rodney and I, every time that God's taken us into something new, every time we've like, you know, stepped up to a new level, um, you know, something else is, you know, anytime we've made a change and it's like, you know, starting this church, starting the the you know, the, the whole TV thing, um, and before that, in Good News New York, just anything that we've done that's been like another, another step up, a whole change, and an and, and addition to the ministry, a, a bigger challenge. You know what I'm talking about. Every time, it's like the first place the devil comes is here. He assaults your head with negativity. And Pastor Rodney will tell you, we have to walk through that. And he'll, you'll, you'll be feeling grumpy and crabby and frustrated and, and 
you know, you have an opportunity then to, again, speak that nonsense that the devil's telling you out of your mouth and destroy what God's doing. Or you can say, no, I know this is the devil. He's just putting me through the ringer. I'm going to stand firm. God's told me I'm doing it. Press in in the word. Press in in prayer. You know, thank God for godly friends. Always keep godly people around you. Have godly counsel around you. Have godly people that can speak in your life and encourage you and tell you if you're missing it or tell you, no, I, I feel in my heart and encourage you and give you a good word. I mean, I thank God. And the, more, the, the longer you go, the more you realize you need those godly friends that, that hear the Holy Spirit and can, can speak into your life and give you some encouragement. And um, so, you know, and it's almost like when you press through that, it's like it all disappears and then the thing starts coming to pass. But it's like trying to get through that initial thing. So, you know, the devil's going to come with thoughts and accusations and, and defeat and doubt and stuff against your head. But you've got to stand firm on the word and go with what your heart's telling you. Go with your anointing. Go with what your heart's telling you, not with what your head's telling you. Otherwise, the devil's always going to be able to cut you off at the pass. He's always going to be able to defeat you. He's always going to talk you out of, you know, doing what God's called you to do. Because it is going to be a challenge. We, we, we don't live in a bubble. We don't live in heaven yet. There's a devil there that, that's opposing. There's forces that, that are opposing. They don't want to see you blessed. They don't want to see you free. They don't want to see you doing anything for God. But God's bigger. And he knows. And he's with you. And the Holy Spirit can take care of it. So you've got to trust your heart. You've got to trust what God's spoken to your heart. So with your conscience, just in your, on, on, on a daily basis with your attitude, with your, with your heart. It, it's not what you have in your head. It's what you have in your heart. Go with your heart. Listen to your heart. Now, if, if you are feeling scratchy in your heart, stop and find out why you're feeling scratchy. Stop and find out. Maybe it's something you've done, you've said, you've, you know, whatever. Maybe it's something else that's going on that you need to be aware of. You know, the Holy Spirit will show you. He'll protect you. If you will listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll show you. You know that Pastor Rodney would have, uh, this is kind of a little different, but the, when we moved down to Florida in 94, we just moved into our house, and my husband was obsessed with locking the doors, locking the doors, locking the doors. I mean, you know, in Africa, we have to be like that. Lock the doors, burglar bars, you know. Um, but America, it's not as bad as Africa, and we lived in even a gated community and everything. And he, was, he had this thing, but because he, he kept having this dream about a doors open and doors open, and what it was was the ministry was vulnerable because we had somebody that was working in the ministry that was stealing. But God gave him the dream. The door was open, and he was scratchy, and he was, he'd wake up. I mean, he's had dreams where he's, he's dreamt of men committing adultery, and he wakes up, and he's like, ew, 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 because he's not like that. He's a pure person, and he's like, yuck. Why do I keep dreaming this? And then finally realized God's showing me. And we actually, we, we were, this was like 90, uh, 1983, I think, or 84. My kids were, were little. And we, we went and drove through to this guy. They, they lived about five hours away. And we got there. And Pastor Rodney kept, he just knew in his heart something's going on. And we got there. And sure enough, the guy that day was telling everybody he was, you know, divorcing his wife and going off with his mistress and he just was telling the elders of the church and there was nothing we could do about it. And the Lord said, Rodney said to the, Pastor Rodney said to the Lord, why didn't, you know, why did you tell me about it? <laughs> you know, why didn't you give me all these horrible dreams if I couldn't do anything about it? And the Lord said, next time you will be able to. And the next time was like 1987. He was having dreams about this, this man and he went to him and sure enough, the guy was, 
he, he had a goal on the go there, and, but he, wasn't, he hadn't gone all the way. And so while we were there, we were able to, you know, expose it and speak into the guy's life. So, you know, that's like the gifts operating in him. But the same way, you know, that same scratchiness, the same uncomfortable, the same whatever, it, find out what it is. Find out if maybe there's something you don't know. Maybe someone else is up to something. I mean, the Lord, before, when my husband had the dream about um, the door being open, God gave me a scripture in Psalm 92. 92 and... Um, uh, it, it, it says before you, um, that the Lord will show you your enemies. You'll see them. Yeah, let me, let, me, let me just go there. Verse 11, 92, 11. My eye looks upon those who lie in wait for me. My ears hear the evildoers that rise up against me. So in other words, God says no one will be able to set an ambush. You'll know it before you get there. So God does not allow the devil to set up ambushes for us. God will warn us. God will show us. And that's why it's so important that we listen to the voice of our heart, that we listen to our conscience. Because if you don't listen to the Holy Spirit when he's telling you to forgive and walk in love and you sear your conscience and harden your heart, you are not going to hear him when he tells you the devil set a trap. So don't think that you're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and be all spiritual and holy and God's man full of power for the hour if you're not listening to the Lord in your personal private life when He's telling you, go back and ask your wife to forgive you, you talk to her mean. Amen. So we need to listen to God in the little things and the big things. It's all coming from the same place. So go with peace in your heart. If you don't have any... Find out why. Till you do get some. First Peter three. Verse three and four. Let not yours be the merely external adorning with elaborate interweaving and nodding of the hair, the wearing of jewelry, or changes of clothes, but let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit, which is not anxious or wrought up, but is very precious in the sight of God. Now, people have used these scriptures to talk about how women shouldn't wear earrings and all this stuff. And it's not talking about that. It's talking about don't make your outer beauty everything that you are. Because on the inside, you'll have nothing to give. Men, I know men are motivated much more by sight and what they see than girls are. Don't marry the pretty one with the empty head. You will be sorry. It's like the guy who married the woman because she had a beautiful voice. And 20 years down the line, he woke up and looked at her and got such a fright in the morning, he said to her, sing, woman, sing. <laughs> you remind me why I married you. You know what? They, there's, there's a lot of people in the world, there's a lot of, there's a lot of women, there's a lot of men that think that appearance is everything, but it's not. It's, it's your, the beauty of who you are on the inside. And, you know, one of the wise things my father always said was, your, fa- your, your character will be on your face by the time you're 40. So you have to know that that made me think about what was on my face <laughs> and, my, and my attitude and, you know, how much I was frowning. Or have you seen some people, it's like the, the whole face is just all scrunched up because their whole life they've just been angry or stressed or, or whatever, you know. And the life you live, you look at someone... Who's, who's lived a really crummy life. You can see it on them. I mean, by the age of 40, 50, you look at them, they look hard and weather-beaten and 
They look beat up, don't they? So, you know, your choices are going to show. So when, you, when, you, when you're pure and your heart is pure, hey, please wear makeup. I mean, go for it, you know. Like the, like the man said, even an old barn door needs some paint sometimes. So girls, make yourself pretty and, um, you know, and dress nicely and be healthy. Uh, whatever you need to do, keep your body healthy and keep yourself, but most of all, keep your attitude healthy and keep your heart healthy because, you know, everything fades. Everything falls down. I mean, gravity is pulling everything down. And, and you find that out. Now, you guys that are young don't appreciate this yet. I don't know if you'll remember it when you're 40 or 50, but, you know, your face, you can go upside down and your face kind of stays where it is. But when you get over 40 and you go upside down, it's not pretty. <laughs> You can really see where, where gravity's been when everything's like... <laughs> so we can't stop that. We can't stop that train. Everything on the outside is going to perish. But everything on the inside, what does the Bible say? Our insides are being renewed day by day. And so take care of your outsides. Eat healthy is the first thing that you can do. Stay, you know, live well. Take care of your body physically. But the most important thing you can do for yourself is keep your heart healthy. Keep your heart alive under God. Keep your heart fresh. Keep it sweet. Ladies, it's not about how you look. Merely, it's who you are on the inside. And men, the same thing. It's like so many people looking, you know, so many, especially Christians, so many looking for a husband, looking for a wife. And the number one thing I hear is, you know, they need to be sold out for God. And they need, you know, that's all that anybody's looking for. So it's not your outside. You can do your hair and put the cologne on and all that stuff. And the girl might take one look at you, but then when she gets to know you, she's going to go, whoa, wait a minute. I want to hook up with this mess. And the same with the girls. It's about who you are on the inside. The hidden person of the heart, the incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle, peaceful spirit. You know, that's the thing that, that girls through the millennia have failed to grasp for the most part. And it's like you can tell them all you like, but when they're young and stupid, they don't believe it until they've messed up. But, you know, there's girls that give boys whatever they want and put themselves out there and, you know, be slutty and sleep around, whatever, because that's what the boys want. But I tell you what, girls, it's universal. Don't care what generation it is. They'll sleep with you, but they won't marry you. You know why? Because they figure if you were that easy with them, you're going to be that easy with all their friends. And they'll take advantage of all the girls they'll put out, but they'll look for a girl that's going to keep it for them. Well, guess what, boys? The girls are looking for the same thing. All of that starts from the heart. You might say, well, my flesh. See, we've been, we've been raised in this country with evolution. Oh, you're just a mammal. You just come from the monkeys, and you're just a monkey, and the monkeys just... You know, they just have at it, and everybody does whatever with anybody when they feel like it because it's my flesh, and I'm human, and I need to do this. We don't understand. You're created in the image of God. You have everything you need on the inside of you to keep you pure. And I'm not trying to put condemnation on people who are unsaved and messed up. But if you're still messing up, you need some help. You need to get with God, and you need to, you need to get something sorted out. And you need to get free because that it's just going to be a... Downward spiral, I'm telling you, you're never going to be blessed until you put your flesh under and you give your, your spirit the ascendancy in your life.
that hidden person of the heart. So girls, boys, if you want, if you want to marry someone of character, you need to be a character. You need to have some character. You need to have some godly character. It's very, very important. Now, when God saves and redeems you, the way he does it is to totally change your heart. How many of you know when you got born again, only one thing changed about you that day, your heart. You had the same head, the same body, the same everything. The only thing that changed was your spirit became brand new. He takes out your old heart, dead heart, and he gives you a brand new soft heart, full of the life, nature, and spirit of God. See, religion... Religion can give you rules, but it can't change your heart. It can't change your nature. But the power of God that's activated by a decision on your part to, uh, to humble yourself, to bow your knee before Jesus, to allow him to come in and take control of your life, that decision, the power of God activated by your decision can change you and bring you into a relationship with God. Ezekiel 36 and verse 24 through 28 says, For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all countries, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from your filthiness and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 6. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 6. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. Psalm 51 and verse 10. Psalm 51, 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Romans 2, 29. Romans 2, 29. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. From the moment you are born again, you become a new creature. You know all of uh, the heroes of our faith, from Abraham, I mean, well, all the way down, they were not born again. They were unregenerated men trying to serve God. You know what? If they can do it, we can do it. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. We've got a brand new nature. You know, Peter, I think it's First Peter, talks about how the, the, the prophets prophesied Jesus coming and prophesied what would happen. Of course, it was all veiled. Nobody had the whole picture. They just had bits and pieces. They thought. I mean, they, they thought the Messiah was going to be, be an earthly ruler, you know, to come and defeat the Romans and, you know, take an earthly kingdom, but it was a heavenly kingdom that he came to establish on the earth. And of course, the earthly kingdom will be eventually established, but first the spirit. And, um, but, you know, how privileged we are. I mean, if they could serve God and be unregenerate, if we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, we don't have any excuse. We have his help. We, we have a new heart. We've got a brand new heart. How hard is that? We are fully capable of serving God with all our heart. We are fully capable of renewing our mind. We are fully capable of putting our flesh under. 
We are fully capable of taking authority over our feelings and telling our feelings how they're going to feel. Amen. Most of the problems we get ourselves into is because we go by our feelings. So it, it, it's our fleshly feelings and our soulish feelings. And it's, it's it rooted in selfishness and I want what I want. And maybe your mama never spanked your bum and never taught you, you know, you mustn't be selfish. But unselfishness is a hallmark of someone who's spiritually mature. Selfishness is a hallmark of someone who's spiritually immature. It's a big fat baby again. And selfishness is the complete opposite of walking in love. Selfishness is fear-based. What about me? I need to take care of me because nobody else is going to. What about trusting in God to take care of things? Let me tell you, there's a lot of things we've had to walk away from. And all the things, all, I can tell you right now, all the things that, that have been fear-based in my life, because we're tempted by fear in a on a daily basis, have not produced good fruit. But the things that I chose to put in God's hands, as hard as it was, whatever I chose to put in God's hands and, and trust Him with, all of that was taken care of. Amen. So God came to circumcise us in the heart and, and the prophets who prophesied everything, and they said to God, can we see this? Will we see this? And the Lord said, the word says that they were told, no, this is not for your generation. Listen, Jesus has come. They were looking forward. Abraham was counted righteous because of looking forward to what Jesus was going to do. We can look back to what Jesus has already done and walk in the, the blessing of it. Amen. And, and rejoice. We're born again. Hallelujah that we're on this, on this side of Calvary. And we should... Thank God every day of our life and just be happy to serve Him and not, you know, God forbid that we should live our life always pushing the sin envelope and always, you know, trying to see how much we can get away with and God still forgive us and accept us into heaven. You know, it's a slippery creek bank. You just, you keep pushing, pushing, pushing. You're going to slide in. Let's, let's rather live our life. Let's, let's, how, how much... How much can we grow? How much can we develop? How much can we be like Jesus before we see him? Amen. Amen. Rather than trying to get away with stuff. John 3.3. 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for being born again. There's many people that are in churches and they're trying desperately through religion and tradition to, to become acceptable to God. But thank God we've had the, the experience and the revelation that we are changed on the inside and we are accepted, accepted and acceptable to God because of the blood of Jesus. And so we, that should keep us forever humble until we see Jesus face to face. That should keep us humble, always there, that I'm nothing, he's everything, and that it's only because of his blood that I have any right to stand before the Father for all eternity and be in his presence. But the, uh, while, while we're on the earth, the change and the growing does not stop with you just being born again. We have to allow the word of God to continue to work in our heart um, we have to allow the Word of God, the Spirit of God, to work in us, to burn off everything of the flesh, our carnal nature, 
and cause the life and nature of God to rise up and be preeminent in us. We need to renew our mind. We need to submit our flesh to the Holy Spirit until there's nothing of our old nature left and just the nature of Jesus shining through. And so that as the carnality is stripped away from us, we become more and more transparent until people see nothing but Jesus in our eyes, in our speech, in, in, our, in our works. You know, it's one thing when we're on the floor and the Holy Spirit does a work in us and changes us. We get up from the floor, but then we have an opportunity to act on it when we walk out the door. I mean, how many of you, and I don't know if I said this on the other love tapes, but the moment you start talking about the love of God, everybody starts fighting. It's almost like, you know what it is? It, it's, it's, again, the sower sows the word. The word, the word is sown. Where the word ends up depends on the quality of the heart receiving the word. So if it's rocks and stones or thorns and thistles or whatever, you know, that word's not going to produce. But if it's soft, tender, plowed, moistened ground, it's going to receive that seed, nurture that seed, and that seed's going to bring forth fruit. So it, it doesn't have as much to do with the word that's going out as the heart that's receiving it. Because even in Bible schools, you know, sad to say, there's going to be some people whose hearts are ready to receive. They're going to receive it. They're going to allow it. They're going to let that thing grow. And then there's other people that just, it just, the bird gets it, you know, immediately. I mean, it doesn't even hit home or, or maybe it, it comes and it gets some root, but then the sun starts burning it and the persecution's too much and they just give up on God because they get persecuted or, or maybe the thorns and the thistles come up. So the cares of this world and the lust of other things and, you know, you're always going to be contending with those things in your life. So it's one thing lying on the ground and God does a work in your heart or you hear something preached and, oh, that's wonderful and it warms your heart and you think that's awesome. And then you walk out and then you've got an opportunity to act on that word and you choose to go the fleshly way. You've just dug that thing up. Of course, the thing to do at that point is repent immediately and the next time you have the opportunity, you know, do it. I mean, it's like our mouth... I mean, the, 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 I was talking on Sunday about the Bible talks about your mouth being, you know, your tongue being the rudder like a big ship and, and men can tame, you know, beasts and tame this and tame that, but they can't tame their own mouth. And, you know, the, the Bible says, Lord, help me put a guard on my lips. And, and I know from the moment I got born again, nobody even preached it to me, but I knew when I opened my mouth and I said something I shouldn't have said, especially if it was something nasty about somebody else, like, nah, 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 you know, about somebody. I, I was immediately convicted. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When you get born again, it's like there's some things you just are immediately convicted about by the Holy Spirit. And I had to instantly act on that and fix it and, try and, say, and say, I'm sorry, I apologize. I shouldn't have said that. I was wrong. And, you know, if you do that, that helps you next time. And there's been so many times when I walked out of a situation, I was like, oh, God, help me, help me, help me, help me. I'm so sorry. I should have shut up. I knew it. I could feel it. I just went too far with my mouth. I said too much. I'm like, oh, Lord, help me. And then I've had opportunities to shut up that I took. And afterwards, it's like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) And it's been really slow. But you know what? Progress has been made, thankfully. So... You know, we're going to mess up, but let's take every opportunity we can to obey when he tells us. Not he, he convicts us, we do it anyway, and then go back and say, oh, I'm sorry, I know I shouldn't have done that. 
I mean, your life could depend on that. I mean, I, I, we've, um, we have some friends that many years ago, they were going to fly somewhere, and the, the wife had a word from God that the plane's going to crash. And she told her husband, and he told her, oh, nonsense. Nonsense. They got on the plane. Guess what? It crashed. Thank God nobody was killed. That was just the grace of God. It was a miracle, but they were ba- some of them were very, very, very badly injured. So obey the Holy Spirit because your life could depend on it. I mean, as much as we travel and, and we fly, and we've flown with a lot of people that are full of fear, and, but we've, we've really prayed. We said, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you've called us, and you know, if, if, if you're done with us, fine. You know, whatever you need. But, Lord, we thank you. We trust you enough to, that if something's going down and you, and you still have more plans for us and you don't plan for us to go down on that thing, that you're going to warn us or you're going to just... You, you're just going to not even let us get on that thing, that you're going to protect us. So whenever we go, we go, feel in our heart. And how many of you know, any time that you've gone against what your heart felt, it hadn't turned out well? You, know, you might you maybe even think of things that, that happen where you're like, oh, no, it'll be okay. We need to learn to trust the voice of... Because it's not just the voice of our conscience to, to speak to us about correcting something in our life, but it could be to preserve your life. I mean, when you have children, the Holy Spirit will show you stuff about them, and you need to act on that, or, f- or friends, or whatever, you know, you need to act on that and go do something. If the Holy Spirit's showing you, it's so you can help, not so you can just be in the know, or just gossip, or whatever. The Holy Spirit's telling you so you can help, and be a blessing. Ephesians 4, verse 17 through 24, Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. The, the, if you are truly born again, there needs to be fruit. There needs to be fruit of it. And when you renew your mind to the Word of God and you put off your old former conduct, you stop doing what you did before and you start doing what, what you're supposed to do. Like the Bible says, if the thief be found, you know, he's got to pay back. But it also says, you know, the, tell the thief, don't steal anymore, rather give to those who have need. So not only must the thief stop stealing, but the thief needs to work and give and give back and do something for others. So instead of taking, the thief has, must turn around, work, work for it, pay the price for it, not take something that someone else worked for, and give to someone else. So it's about stopping what you're doing that's wrong and doing the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Because if you just stop what you're doing and you don't start doing, then you're going to end up back doing what you're doing. So... 
it's, there's an action required which is going to produce a fruit. People are going to see in you. Someone who is truly born again, they're going to see the change in your life. And that speaks to people. They might not get born again that day, but it's, it's going to be a seed that's sown. And it's something that speaks to them. And that'll, that'll you know, grab them later. It's gonna, the Holy Spirit will use it to, to speak to them. Because people know people don't just change. They, they, they know that something happened. Colossians 3, 8 through 11. Colossians 3, 8 through 11. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. We've got to... So many Christians just let stuff come out of their mouth. I mean, we've we got to protect our mouth. Do not lie. Or maybe when you were... I, I know that when I was at school, there was some language and stuff that I said that wasn't great. It wasn't the worst out there, but it wasn't great. And that was also one of the first things the Lord spoke to me about was the, the words that were coming out of my mouth and any, any cuss words or any rude words, just first thing the Lord said, you've got to get rid of that. Change your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarians, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and all. You know, there's a lot of things that people put off to culture. Well, that's our culture, our culture, our culture, our culture. Listen, there's a Christian culture. There's a word of God culture, and it doesn't matter what your culture is. If your, if your culture is one of sexual promiscuity, then your culture is going to have to line up with God's culture. Amen. If your culture is lying and stealing, then it, you, you might still live in that community, in that country, or that whatever, but you need to have the culture of God's word coming in, speaking the truth, working and giving. Amen. If your culture is worshiping your ancestors and going to witch doctors, then you need to change that culture. You need to reject all of that. Honor, Bible does say, honor your parents, honor your ancestors, honor them, but we don't worship them. We don't pray to them. We don't ask them to help us. We know that they can't help us. We know they're somewhere locked up, and we know that only God can help us. And, and listen, I come up, I'm African, I'm born and raised in Africa, and I see culture all around me. But I see those people who have completely wrapped themselves in God's culture and accepted His word. Because let me tell you, the problems in Africa, it's not just about, you know, the famines and the droughts and the lack of education and, and lack of opportunities or too many people and too little of whatever. It, it's spiritual. You look in India. Look how poverty-stricken they are. I mean, they've got nothing, and they give all their food to the mice because they worship the mouse god or the monkey god or whatever. You know, they, they got nothing, but they'll give it all to some god. The only people that make it like bandits are the, the priests of that religion, you know, or whatever. But the thing is that when life comes, when people embrace God's word, blessing comes, fruitfulness comes, prosperity comes. Where before, <clears throat> that, that there was no, no water, there was no life, there was no productivity. Suddenly there comes water, there comes life. You know, there's, there's, a, there's an area, even in Guatemala, that everybody knows about, this valley, that it's the most fertile valley in the world. It produces more per acre than anywhere else. Why? You know why? Because everybody there is born again, and they, they worship and serve God. 
the majority of people are saved. And you know what? It, it's, it shows in their land. God will bless your property. God will bless whatever land he puts. It doesn't matter what's going on in everybody else. God will bless your land. Because you've embraced his culture. So, it takes an openness and a willingness on our part to allow God to have his way in our life. It takes a dedication and a sacrifice because your flesh is going to try desperately to hang on and to man- maintain control. Let me tell you, there's some things that your, your flesh will give up easily and there's other things that just don't want to give up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so it takes a dedication and a sacrifice, a commitment on your part. So your flesh is going to be trying to ma- maintain control but as you die to the flesh and your selfish desires, you, you come alive to the higher realms of the kingdom of God. You know, thank God. I just thank God for, for His presence because God can do in five minutes what reading and counseling and studying and talking could take months and years to accomplish. God can do in minutes. I mean, you see people healed on the floor from, I mean, all kinds of abuse and terrible tragedies that they've gone through in their life that normally people never get over. It's just always there haunting their life and coloring their decisions. And God in five minutes can take it away, take the pain out of it, take the fear out, and restore them back brand new. And it's not that they don't remember that happened, but there's nothing, no emotion attached to it. Do you know that, that uh, I, was, I started out telling you about the brain and the thorn trees, and do you know that you can choose, when you choose to forgive and you choose to have a great attitude and you choose to let things go, and you choose to trust God and replace faith-based emotions with fear-based emotions. Do you know that you can actually, it's like the thorns break off, and you can grow a new thought over the old one. So it'll still be there, but you, you grow a healthy tree over, the thorns will come off, and you grow this healthy thought over the other thought. So that's why you can remember it, but you don't Remember it. You're not reliving the thing. And you know, I thought that is so cool because you can make a decision to do that. You can renew your mind. But at the same time, I thought, wow, that on a physical level, that is what God is doing on the floor with people. He is, he is pulling all the thorns off and he's growing a brand new, precious, healthy thought and a healthy tree growing it right over where the thorns and the thistles were. And so it's so important that we do allow the Holy Spirit you know, it's not just about you guys sitting here because the Word is important. So that's why we want you to, to hear the Word of God, to receive the Scripture and, and, and grow and, and learn because that's our foundation. But it's so important that you come and be a part of any meetings that we have and, and press into God to get touched. Amen. 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 Not just Sunday mornings. You've you got to come to the other meetings. Come to the camp meetings and make a commitment to, so that you can put yourself in that place where God has an opportunity you know, to do a work in you. And, and it's not about striving. It's not about coming in, oh, you know, like I said, the, bring out the knives. It's about just pressing in worship and saying, Lord, I'm, I'm open. I'm ready. Whatever you need to do, whatever you need. And, and it'll come even when you're not expecting it. Bam, you'll get smacked. And sometimes you go one service, you get hit. Sometimes you've got to keep pressing in. Don't, don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Just keep pressing in. Just keep pressing in with an open heart and mind. No pressure. Because the moment you start stressing and pressuring and trying to force it, the more you tense up, the more you hang in on, the more you hinder. It's just relax. Okay, God, I'm opening my heart. Here I am. Do what you need to do. And, and then, like I said, at that moment, you're not even expecting. It'll be bam, and he'll just do it. So it's about, it's about yielding. It's about just 
opening up, not, not having that closed fortress-like mentality. Don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't look at that. I don't want you to see that. It's about, here I am, Lord. Nothing hidden. Here's my heart. You know what I need more than I need? So you do what you need to do. Have at it. And God will do it. And uh, I mean, I, I've always, anytime that I felt like I couldn't cope with something or deal with something, or I'd say, Lord, <laughs> you know, help me. Just do the work in my heart. And I leave it there. Keep pressing in the word. Keep praising. Keep rejoicing. Keep worshiping. And over the course of time, I look back and I see God did that work. Maybe it was on, on the floor, something dramatic happened. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just over the course of time as I daily press in. That's all it's about. It's about daily pressing in. It's about daily opening up my heart and my life to the Lord. It's about daily renewing my mind to the Word of God. It's about daily receiving everything the Holy Spirit is saying to me and acting on that. So important. Receive, hear it, but act on it. Go do it. Go take care of that thing. Don't, don't push it away. Don't leave it. Don't, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, if there's something that you, that you need to go to somebody about and confess, you know, just pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Just pray, and the Holy Spirit will help you to go to the right person and be able to be honest and get that thing out there so someone can pray for you and give you counsel and someone can be there as you're, to check on you, say, how are you doing? And you can say, oh, I blew it. And they can say, okay, let's, let's, let's pray. Let's press in. Or you can say, hey, I'm doing awesome. And they can say, fantastic. And, you know, whatever it, whatever it takes, just press in because the Lord loves you. And, and, you know, he wants us to see ourselves as he sees us. And he wants us to be free and walking in, in life and freedom. And that's what it's all about. It's not about bondage. It's about walking in life and freedom. And we have that in him. Amen.